Good morning. Our message today is from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was wild locusts and and honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. These are the words of our Lord. So there's a scene in the musical Hamilton where the Schuyler sisters go downtown Manhattan to, to watch all the guys hang out and kind of get down amongst the little people. It's something I guess the implication here is that the elites used to go take a carriage ride down and see what the lower classes were up to downtown in in uh, in Manhattan, and that's where uh, Eliza Schuyler meets Hamilton and eventually marries him. And I won't give the rest of the story away, but uh, it ends in a constitution. And <laughs> but um, the story today kind of reminds me of that idea of the elites kind of going down and seeing what all the fuss is about and seeing what the little people are doing. And John seems to be accusing the Pharisees and the Sadducees of this same thing today. They've heard about some stuff going on out in the wilderness. This crazy hippie out there wearing a camel hair coat or shirt. And not camel hair like you get at men's warehouses. Nice, uh, you know, those nice sports coats. But, uh, you know, nasty one that's all prickly and, and coarse. And uh, wearing a belt so 
crazy things going, this nutball out there is uh, calling people to repentance and he's dunking them in water and he's inviting them and he's forgiving their sins uh, and people are flocking to it. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are out there to see what all the hubbub is about and John calls them on it. Oh, look who's here. <laughs> the folks from up on high have come down to see what the little people are doing. And he challenges them to join in the fray, to join in the revolution that's happening, to bear good fruit, and not just to take for granted their place in the world, but to actively seek out doing good in the world and living into their identity as children of Abraham. One of the things that John seems to be pointing to is this notion that one, when a person is, is born into a family that descends from the children of Abraham, they're kind of automatically in with God already because God made a promise to Abraham that your children would be many and uh, this was God's you know, covenant with Abraham that God would be their people, Abraham's children's people. And or, uh, or God would they God would be their God, and he they would be God's people, and uh, so everyone kind of just sits back. You know, the Pharisees seem to be what John seems to be accusing them of is just sitting back and resting on their laurels and saying, "Look, I'm made in the shade. I'm a child of Abraham. What have I got to worry about?" And not really worrying about the good works that God uh, desires and inspires in many other people. And John says, don't be so quick to think that your status is what's going to save you. Not at all. But bear fruit that is worthy of repentance. That is to say, repent and go out and do good work that is worthy of that repentance. And become the person God has created you to be. Become those people of God. Earn that title uh, uh, and, and embrace that lifestyle. And it's an interesting... John is doing a couple of uh, uh, revolutionary things going on here. First of all, one is that John is not doing this in Jerusalem. John is out in the wilderness, out in the desert, out where people are living in caves and uh, out by the Jordan River where the, the average farmers and, and people of uh, low status are hanging out. And he is away from the city. During this time, everything happened in the city. Jerusalem especially was a giant and majestic place. And it was a, an amazing place to be. Herod had spent all this money on architecture and the temple was beautiful. And... Uh, everyone was flocking to the city to be a part of all of that. If something, if God was going to do something big, God would do it in the city, in the heart of the city. But no, John was out in the wilderness, out in the outskirts, out away from the centerpieces of power and religious power, and instead was out with the marginalized out with those who were on the fringe, out with those whom society was forgetting, 
but God had remembered. Amen. There's another amazing thing, this idea of Jesus, or of John baptizing people. This was a weird, this was a weird thing for John to be doing. And John is appropriating a Jewish ceremony. Baptism was a Jewish thing. And it was something that was reserved. They only did it when someone wanted to become Jewish later in life. And so it was part of, there was a whole lot of things that went along with that, but part of it was to do this ceremonial cleansing by being baptized into the community. And so uh, John was appropriating this ceremony and saying, this is a new ceremony, it represents your repentance, it represents your turning away from the the ways of this world and turning toward God. It represents turning away from the sins of your life and turning toward God. It represents turning away from all that is wrong and turning toward all that is right. It represents turning away from the evil of this world and, and the domination systems of this world and the injustice of this world and turning toward the kingdom of God, which Don says is near and embracing all that that means. Uh, for the world around us. That's what repentance literally means, to turn away, do a, do a 180 and go in a completely different direction. And John is saying, come and be baptized in this baptism of repentance that represents your cleansing and represents your turning away from all of that. And that, let that be a sign of your status as a child of God and a child of Abraham. Not who you're born to or where you're born at or any of that business, but your, your posture of repentance. And it was an amazing, it was an amazing and appealing thing. And here, John is calling on those who had become complacent. Those who had taken for granted the incredible gift of God. Those who had overlooked uh, the need to cultivate a deep and abiding relationship with the Creator. Not just to take for granted that God's good and is going to take care of you, but to cultivate a relationship whereby God is, is um, infilling us in a way that makes the world a better place and in a way that helps us to bear good fruit. And I can tell you right now, Christmas uh, can be such a time when we get so consumed with the things of this world, it's easy to forget. Not to forget, well, I don't want to get on this bandwagon where everyone's forgetting about the reason for the season and uh, all of that. But I do want to say that we forget to pause. And we forget we forget to say, where, where, am I, where am I putting my fruit? What, what fruit is my energy producing here? And is, it, is this fruit, as John would say, is this fruit that is worthy of the repentance that God has called me to? Is this fruit that hits a level where God would go, wow, that is helpful. <laughs> that helps a lot, the things you're doing. Or is it something that is, you know, do we get focused on the self-absorbed things? Do we get focused on the expectations of the world around us? Do we get, 
absorbed with the expectations we put on ourselves. This is me. I'm, I'm the, I, am, I have, a, I have a, a weird fear about gift giving that uh, I, I'm, I fret and worry about it and I, I worry about picking the right gift and I feel, I feel a lot of anxiety walking into the store. I hate the mall. I, I, every year I go to the mall and I leave with nothing because it's so overwhelming, right? Uh, I like to do my shopping at Walgreens, I think. is uh, that's, that's about the size and scope that I like to have. Is, uh, you know, lifesavers, perfect. <laughs> right? Uh, gift giving can be a lot of pressure. Decorating can bring with it a lot of pressure. Uh, being joyful during this time. Everyone wants you to be joyful and, and go to parties and have all this stuff. There's a lot of pressure in being joyful. But God doesn't care about that stuff. What God cares about is in our heart of hearts, are we focusing on things that are going to bear some good fruit in us and around us? Are we looking within ourselves and saying, what's the best me that can come out of, how can I, how can I prepare the way for God this Christmas? How can I make straight the path so that in anticipation of all that Jesus is in the world, this is the joy of Advent. We get to, we get to pause and say, how am I preparing a way so that on that Christmas Eve, uh, when we're standing here with our, with our candles and singing Silent Night, and Pastor Curtis starts to tell the story, same story he tells every year, <laughs> about Jesus coming. How am I ready to receive that Holy Spirit moment when Jesus is born again in you and in me in a way that bears so much fruit in the world? That's what John is confronting the Pharisees about. They're not trying to prepare a way. They just want to get in on the action. They want to see something interesting. John says, no, now is the time for us to make straight a path within our own hearts so that God, through Jesus Christ, fill us anew. Amen? Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, with joy in our hearts, we, we hear these confronting words of John. He's so straightforward and blunt. And uh, we, we are challenged by them. Not to, be, not to be people who are just observing the joy of Christmas. Not just people who are, who are watching from afar, but those who have drawn near and who have opened our hearts to making a way for the, the baby once again be born into our lives. That the world might be transformed through that child, that child in us. Thank you. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. I invite us to join in singing our closing hymn. It's number 156 on Jordan's Bank, the Baptist Cry.